get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. favorite baseball people to talk to is Casey Stern. It's been too long. It's good to be able to catch up with him now. He's the host of the Unfiltered Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Casey Stern. He joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Casey, we appreciate the time as always, man. Great to be able to catch up with you. How are you feeling about this trade deadline as we're now six days away? Appreciate it, BK. I hope you're I, I, You know, look, I'm excited. I, I always after doing this for so many years and covering like 20 deadlines, I realized that much more is going to occur in the final 48 hours. And really we saw a situation three years ago where there were 34 deals that were done in the last hour before the deadline, because that's when the leverage right of the sellers really goes away because they're going to get stuck, especially if they're rental players with that money for the rest prorated the rest of the season. So I think we need to kind of, temper excitement a little bit as these things start to get going here for the next couple of days. But once dominoes fall, they seem to follow. So once the first starting pitcher goes off the market, once we see the first first baseman DH in that category, left field, there's a few of those bullpen arms in the eighth inning, especially, I think we'll start to see more movement, but I'm sure most of your fans are, are more concerned about this Soto character who I hear is pretty, I hear he's pretty decent at baseball. Yeah, we'll get into that here in just a minute. But I did want to ask you, you mentioned the seller's leverage. I thought it was really interesting yesterday in like a 30 minute span. There was one report, I think it was from John Heyman, who said, hey, the the Marlins are basically listening on everybody. But in particular, Pablo Lopez, they're, they're willing to answer any of the calls that teams are making right now on Pablo Lopez. And then like 10 minutes later, Ken Rosenthal puts out a piece over on the athletics saying, Hey, the tigers are willing to listen to basically everybody on their roster right now. They're all available. Is this signifying that it is right now, at least a seller's market out there? I think it is for those who are on speed dial, right? So you mentioned the tigers, like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the movie you want to see press one. Now tigers (laughs) press one Marlins press two Cubs press three, right? You got obviously the nationals press four and you get the pirates, you got the diamondbacks. There are probably about eight teams. So you've, you've got with those groupings of teams a lot of, a lot of leverage right now. But what happens is, and one of the reasons why, just to the point that you made individually, those kind of things occur, 
when one team that's selling, right, is hearing, like, for example, the Tigers might listen on Scooble, right? They've got uh, some bullpen arms, Fulmer and others, that they may listen on. When they hear, hey, the Marlins are putting out there the Pablo Lopez is available, they may want other teams to know, hey, our guys are available too. So they're in it. Everybody thinks about the buyer chase, right, the chase for Juan Soto. There's a chase to get rid of your players. I'll give you one quick example in the current marketplace. If you look at first base slash DH, you've got a switch hitter in Josh Bell. You've got a right-handed hitter in Trey Mancini. You've got a, a guy in C.J. Cronin's in Colorado. Just take those three. Well, if one of those goes off the board, there may not be enough chairs, and somebody may get stuck. So it's a chase from the seller's side for leverage also, in addition to the buyer's end of it. Casey, I read a really interesting article from the Miami Herald saying that Miami had not entered any sort of conversations with Pablo Lopez's agent in terms of a contract extension moving forward. Is he the guy in your eyes who would be a fit for the Cardinals or do they go for a bigger name or or something else? I mean, what are you looking at for Cardinals starting pitching moving forward? Well, they definitely need help there. And I think Hannah, the the problem is, is that everybody talks about Juan Soto and look, Juan Soto, in my opinion, you're looking at Trout Otani, you know, Soto, right? I mean, that's, that's a small category. That's where he is in the game. But he can't pitch, and you've got to you know, spend money. Go look at the Angels, who are dealing with all sorts of issues. But one of the problems they have is when they missed out on Garrett Cole, who they really needed once they had Trout and got Otani, they spent all the money on Anthony Rendon. I know he's hurt right now, but he's a great player, but he can't pitch either, and now you don't have that money to put elsewhere. If you trade all your prospects in St. Louis to go get Soto, you may not have guys to get in arms. I think it's a good point. I think the, t- the players to look out for on the high end are Castillo and Division, who you've seen plenty and you know about with the Reds, Frankie Montas, who's in Oakland. And I think, you know, Pablo Lopez is interesting. You mentioned name. Let's not forget this. It was just two years ago that Sixto Sanchez, who's still in that system, was the one everyone was talking about, didn't make the team. And Sandy Alcantara was kind of somebody people thought was, ah, he's okay. Pablo Lopez, ah, he's okay. Well, now Sandy moves himself into a spot where if it were not for Kershaw being a hometown player, he would have started the All-Star game. So Pablo Lopez is a guy a lot of people think and still has that jump in him. You just need to put him in a spot where he has a better team around him and more of a chance to win. I like Lopez a lot. But I think when you're looking at pecking order, he's going to cost you probably, depending upon how much you've got to give for the control that's there with Frankie Montas, he probably isn't going to cost you as much as it would to go get Frankie from Oakland. Interesting. Do you, If you were in charge of the Cardinals sticking on this pitching conversation, who would be the guy that you would be looking to acquire? And I want to say on the front end, Casey, after talking with uh, John Mozeliak, and this was not a one-on-one or anything, it was with the rest of the me- assembled media here in St. Louis, I would be pretty surprised if they made a tra- uh, trade in the division of significance. So I don't think Luis Castillo is going to be a guy that they will even have access to. But understanding that, who do you think is the pitcher that you'd be looking to acquire? Yeah, I would say this just quickly about the division. It depends where teams are going. Like for the Nationals, they're selling their team. So if the Mets, and I don't think the Mets are going to be a major player for Soto, but the reason won't be that they're in division because the people who own the team don't even own them right now. And the ones currently won't even have a job. They don't care who's playing in the NL East in years, right? So I think that depends on the situation. I, look, I think when you look at Frankie Montas, he's a guy who is really, to me, the guy that I still would hone in on. He's got terrific stuff. He's been very, very consistent. And you've got to have some guys who have swing and miss ability when you get to the postseason. And I think, you know, that's one of the things we've seen over the years. I mean, you know, guys like I'm trying to – and I feel poor Josh Tomlin, who I know had one good start in a postseason that I actually covered when he was with Cleveland. But guys who are high contact rate – these pitchers don't perform that well. 
when you get to the postseason. you got to miss bats. Montas is the guy who could do that. He's been really good. And I think for Oakland, you know, when you, you kind of lose not only the West Coast, but nobody really paying attention to the A's, he's a really, really good pitcher. He brings a lot of what Castillo brings, but to your point, not in division and not talked about as much because nobody's paying attention to the A's. Another name that we've talked about lately who's come up in conversation is Noah Syndergaard. Do you think that this would be some sort of secondary viable option for the Cardinals? I'd just like to get your thoughts on him overall right now. Yeah, I think he's a viable option as a secondary, which is interesting, right? I mean, how long ago were we looking at him as the top of a top tier? We would have never thought of him in a tier two of any kind of a scenario. But I definitely think he's a viable option for a lot of teams that are sitting there and looking for starting pitching. The one thing that he brings that is, is a little interesting is, you know, you're, you've got to have concern about what you're going to get in part of strength in his arm as the season goes on, right? Because of what the injuries have been in the past. But the positive of it is you get a chance to, if he pitches well, even if you got to be a little bit more careful, you might find a combination between the team and the player where you like each other and you want to keep them long-term. Because if he really does have the injuries in the rear view, you're going to see Syndergaard as we get into 2023, 2024, become an even better pitcher. He hasn't lost really that many innings for his age on his arm. So he brings a little intrigue that way when you think about the future of kind of your pitching staff, especially if the Cardinals are going to play for guys like Soto and have to go ahead and take out of right your wealth in terms of farm system and pitching to come, you're going to need some other guys that are in the fray for the next couple of years. Syndergaard's interesting as far as a lease with an option to buy kind of player to look about in the second tier. Casey, let's get to the headliner. We're talking to Casey Stern, host of the Unfiltered Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Casey Stern. Uh, everybody's talking Juan Soto right now, and that is, of course, the case here in St. Louis. Uh, I'll give you my take on this, and then I want to hear yours as well. Do I think the Cardinals are well-positioned to acquire Juan Soto if they want Juan Soto? Yeah, they've got the prospects to be able to make that happen, both in the major league team in terms of the, the controllable young players and also down in the minor league. We all know that I am skeptical of John Mosaylock going to that extent to stretch himself, to be able to acquire a player with two and a half years of control. When frankly, I don't think that they would be resigning him after that two and a half years. Where are you at on the Cardinals potential pursuit of Juan Soto? I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. I would say that I was a little surprised when you go back a couple of years ago to Nolan Arenado coming over. And I was surprised when they were really hot and they were definitely in on Giancarlo Stanton, who didn't want to play in St. Louis, and people didn't like when I said that on the station years ago. But it is what it is. But they still were, they were in on him, right? Which we're talking about at the time, I think it was $300 million that were left in the deal. So they, they've extended themselves. And when you do it in, look at the situation. A guy like Stanton, when he's healthy, what he is. A guy like Arenado, MVP candidate. Well, guess what? Neither of those players are as good as Juan Soto. So think about that statement, right? Just in itself. Makes your hair stand up in terms of the talent level. He may be an exception to the rule. When you're dealing with something like this with a player like Soto, and I look at this for teams like the Cardinals, for the Giants, for the Seattle Mariners, for the Padres, you're talking about ownership being more heavily involved than they would be. One, you've got to know really, hey, look, if we go ahead and we take out of our system, forget about, to your point, BK, if you're willing to go you know, sign Soto, you're going to have to spend more money to replenish, right, with free agency, the players you just took out of your system, especially if you're talking about guys like O'Neill and Carlson. At least you're probably dealing at least one or two guys who have already been to the big league level. Well, now we're probably going to spend more money. Is ownership going to go ahead and do that? Is it worth it to them? And you're also talking about value of the franchise because when you're talking about a guy like Soto, 
he's in that very, very small, it's not to Otani's level because of the international side of it, but he's in a very small category of a guy from a business end who's going to make the company, and that's what baseball teams are, you're going to make a company money. So I think it depends how much really the DeWitts and the ownership want to push to go forward with it. But to your point, you're, you have to understand this is the biggest thing about Soto. You're trading for it. It's similar to Kevin Durant in the NBA. When you're trading for a player that is an all-time talent, we, you know, heaven forbid, look, I grew up with the 86 Mets. So, you know, you, you've got injuries, you've got drugs, you've got all kinds of things that can happen to humans. But is he an all-time talent? He's a Hall of Fame talent. I mean, you'd be putting a, a lineup where you've got two Hall of Fame right-handed bats with a Hall of Fame left-handed bat in between. That's a sexy thing to think about. So I'm sure the Cardinals are going to play into it. But I would say, in closing in this, I believe Seattle, as an example, would be more desperate because their franchise hasn't been in the playoffs in so, so long. And the idea of an all-star game next year, left-handed side, Soto hitting third, Rodriguez on the right side hitting four, all of that, I look for the Mariners to be a team to really battle with St. Louis in terms of what they're willing to do to try and get Soto before this deadline. Casey, it's been awesome to be able to catch up, man. All the best to you. We'll talk with you again hopefully soon. We'll be listening over on the Unfiltered Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Appreciate it, guys. Be well. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.